Hey everyone, Chandler Patterson here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support and we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We're kicking off season three with a very special episode. As we talk about the value of storytelling and how we're part of God's story of redemption, we love to present that idea in a variety of ways and perspectives with people who are in various life phases. Uh, Recently, we captured a session via video with Libby Hanford, a wife to the late Walt Hanford, who pastored our church for 31 years from 1965 to 1996. Libby has continued to impact the community around her and this community uh, long after Walt retired and even after his passing. She's led several Bible studies, she's written a handful of books, and she's led various discussions on the Christian life from her own experiences with so many people. Uh, Anyone who spent time with her knows her love for Jesus is incredibly evident and she's undoubtedly one of the wittiest people around, and you'll find that to be true within this episode. If her ministry has impacted your life in any way, uh, you're going to want to stick around for this one. Even if you're new, we trust you'll get something out of it. So enjoy this episode centered on putting Jesus on display through your story uh, with Libby Hanford. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And there's no place where that's more true when we're talking about sharing the gospel. And so this is kind of a a practical how to do uh, open a conversation to somebody uh, with somebody about the Lord and I'm going to talk a lot about myself today and that embarrasses me except that I'm going to use (laughs) I'm going to use me for an illustration of some things that you can do and probably shouldn't do uh, when talking to people about the Lord I've given you the scripture in in, uh, Revelation that says uh, the essence of prophecy is to give clear witness for Jesus. The, the essence of the message we're to give is to give a clear testimony about Jesus. And it can be done every day, all day. And you mustn't think that the only way you can talk to somebody about the Lord is to wake, walk up to them and say, are you saved? That's not, that's not the way it has to go. It, this, this is a living out of the, uh, uh, of the gospel, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So first of all, I'm going to tell you some ways that you can do it without confrontation. Is that all right? Just say, uh, we have a, a nice neighborhood. It's a, it's, we're, around, we're on a lake, and so it, you kind of know the neighborhood is pretty. So in our emailing back and forth, my next door neighbor always tells if somebody in the community has lost a loved one, and I always write a note to them, even if I don't know them. Uh, it's I give them, I mail it to them because I can't walk around the lake very well anymore because it's a mile point two around the lake. So if you want to go walk by my lake, you know how far it is. To, uh, Daddy wrote this book seventy years ago, more than that now about Bible facts about heaven. And so I, if, if uh, 
Nancy says on the email, uh, so-and-so lost her mother this week. Then I write a note and, and mail this to them. And uh, it's had some very sweet results. Uh, last month, my next door neighbor's wife died. And uh, he called me and asked me if uh, he could bring his son over to meet me. Because when they moved in, I had gone to them and said, can I pray with you to dedicate this house to the Lord? And he was so impressed with that. that so when they came over and he brought his, uh, his son, is, does the uh, Hallmark. He's a, one of the executives with Hallmark uh, stuff. And so I gave him each a copy of the book on heaven. And they were so grateful. So there, there are ways. Go, go to your HOA. I know you don't like them. Do you like your HOA? <laughs> uh, go to the meetings and be part of the community. And show an interest in the in the neighborhood, and be a good neighbor. I don't care what you do, but have it on your heart always to look for ways to start a conversation about the Lord. Tattoos are a wonderful way to open a conversation. Somebody said to me, "Libby, that's invading their privacy." I don't think it's privacy for you to put a mark on your neck or something like that and not expect me to ask what it's for. I think they're communicating that. So one time uh, the waitress had a, just an arrow, a long arrow. I asked her what it was. She said, I have five children and those, my, those are my arrows that I'm responsible for. So I always, I can see them and, and, and see what uh, reminds me to, to pray for them. Wonderful opportunity about that kind of thing. Uh, don't be afraid to initiate a conversation if you can. Don't, don't just, anytime you can say something. Uh, recently, oh, I had a 95th birthday and, and my kids put a big sign in the front yard, you know, with balloons and all that kind of stuff. And so a neighbor I had never met before said, uh, I liked your celebration of your 95th birthday. But I said, uh, the Lord's been good to me. When you have time, I'll tell you all about it. And she said, I'd like that. So can you see what I'm saying? Don't, don't be afraid to just initiate a conversation of however you can. You need to plan what you're going to say to talk to somebody about the Lord. 20 years ago, 50 years ago, if I walked up to somebody and said, are you saved? They might know it was a spiritual question. If you walked up to somebody today and said, are you saved? <laughs> they would say, huh? Don't use in your, as you write out your testimony, I'm, I'm suggesting not that you memorize it, but that you write it and think it through well enough that the words come in when you're, when you're ready to, to talk about it. Uh, use words that are words common enough that they can understand it, or use a word that you can explain easily so that, that they can see what it means. I'm going to say some things that you're going to say are kind of invasive, but I'm going to say it anyhow. <laughs> uh, Ray Del Tedder and I were at a hairpiece store. I decided I'd do something to cover up the back of me that I couldn't see, that I could pin on it. And then I, then I decided not to dye my hair anymore so it doesn't match, so I've never worn it. We were, we were in this hairpiece store and sitting over on the other side of the thing, there was a woman with two blonde wigs in her hand, 
They both were long-haired, and she was sitting there. The, the, the sales lady was, was not, not with her. She was obviously trying to make up her mind what to do. But I looked, and the expression on that dear woman's face was like, this is horrible. I can't stand it. And I realized that she probably was uh, facing surgery and chemotherapy. So I walked over to her and I said, I don't know what you're troubled about, but I tell you that Jesus does love you and he'll help you through it. Uh, that is an invasion of privacy and I admit it, but it'd be better to do that than not to have said something and at least given her some hope about it. Be sure that your light shines because people are watching you. They do know you're a Christian, probably, and make sure that your, that your actions uh, reflect that. Every day, your, your behavior does give a message to people about whether you care about them or not. I've given you the scripture that says, uh, uh, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works. Uh, the other one I've given you is that says, uh, they may despise you and talk bad about you, but uh, someday they'll thank the Lord because you were living right. I always try to talk to my termite guy and my uh, lawn guy. Last week I had another termite inspection from a different man. The, the guy came to do the inspection, bug inspection, and so he went ahead and did his stuff and he came back again. And he, he said, are you church of God? Mm -hmm. I, oh, goody, I'm gonna get to talking about the Lord. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not Church of God, but I want to be holy like they do. He said, I ask you, do you want a termite pod? <laughs> My mother loved to talk to people about the Lord so much that she had a perfectly good washer and dryer at home, but she would take her laundry to a laundromat where you have to sit for a couple of hours while things wash and dry. And she talked to the people about the Lord there. My mother was a remarkable woman. If you had asked her if she was a feminist, she'd say, yes, I'm a feminist. I believe in being a, a woman. <laughs> she didn't know what the current word meant. <laughs> but that dear woman uh, at church, they, they asked for prayer for a man. Uh, People in visitation had visited him and he wasn't interested in getting saved. And so they sent a deacon to talk to him about the Lord. And deacon came home and said, he's, he's, not, he's not interested at all. So the pastor went to visit him. And the pastor came home and said, he's just too hard to get saved. That's all there is to it. Mother said, we'll see about that. So she drove up to the man's house and, and came in and said, uh, why don't you want to go to heaven? He said, I do. She said, well, why won't you take Jesus as your savior? He said, I don't know how. Don't assume that because people say no, that it's because they don't want to know. Lots of times it really is, uh, I don't know how. Walt used to say to people, where are you on your journey to God? Okay, so why don't you talk to people about the Lord? Well, one of the first things is, 
I'm scared they'll ask a question I don't know the answer to. Somebody may ask you a question that you don't know the answer to. And if they do, there's a very simple answer. And that is to say, I don't know the answer to that, but we'll find out. To tell the truth, I don't know that somebody's ever asked me a question about a conflict in the Bible that there wasn't a really reasonable, easy answer for. The truth is, most people, that they, they, they give those things because of they don't want to know, not because they really know that there's a, a mistake in the Bible. Two illustrations. I was flying back from Pittsburgh. I'd been speaking at a conference. Talked to the man next to me. He, he was a biochemical biologist, and he had a PhD, and he wanted me to know it. Well, I didn't brag about my bachelor's in English because I didn't figure he'd be very impressed. So I opened my Bible. It's Saturday afternoon, and I prepared my Sunday school lesson. He said to me, why do you read that thing? That's, got, that's full of mistakes. Why would you waste time reading that? Well, because it's God's Word, and I need to know what God wants me to do, and I'm studying a Sunday school lesson for tomorrow. He said, oh, it's full of mistakes. Okay, show me one. Had, tried to hand him my Bible. Show me one. He, <laughs> he didn't want to touch that Bible. Uh, he said, oh, it's full of them, just absolutely full of them. Fine, I didn't ask you to show me all of them, just show me one of them. He said, well, I don't know where they are, but they're full of them. And I said, <laughs> Why don't you know where they are? You know what he said? He said, you sound just like my mother. Another time, uh, oh, I was flying from O'Hare. So I got my Bible out to read. And he said, uh, how do you define, de defend all of, the, all, all of the atrocities in the Bible? How do you uh, excuse those? And I said, well, give me a for instance. And he said, well, Jesus using whips to, to send the uh, traitors, traitors out of the uh, temple. I don't have any trouble with that. These people were cheating these poor folks that had come from all over the country to worship God, and they, they, were, they were fooling them and cheating them out. I don't have any problem about that. Oh, okay. Anyhow, as we flew, he was, he, he was interested and he talked to me. So finally I said, okay, we don't have time now. The plane's about to get to Greenville. Will you promise me, since you travel a lot, that one day when you find out that your flight's not leaving because of weather or something like that, will you promise me that you'll get out the Gideon Bible and read through the Gospel of John? He said, I promise you I will. All I'm saying is that there, there generally is an answer just something that people want to know. And if, sometimes it's because they're looking for excuses, not because they really want to know. My next door neighbor, Gretchen Ledbury, bless her dear heart, the last years we lived in Wheaton, we would have st literally starved to death because we were you know, building a new church and, and not having much to eat sometimes. I had these seven little children and uh, Gretchen would give me loads of green beans and corn and tomatoes and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I talked to her about the Lord and she didn't need the Lord. I led her daughter to the Lord and talked to her husband and he was a Christian. She was a good Lutheran. She really didn't, she really did. She was just too good. She didn't need to be saved. 
One Sunday, she called and said, Libby, if you don't think you'll go to hell for eating green beans picked on Sunday, come and get them, and I'll come, <laughs> and told her why I didn't. When we were called down to Greenville from Wheaton, she was on my list of unfinished business, and I was nearly brokenhearted because I'd lived beside her for 15 years and had been able to lead her to the Lord. Got down to Greenville, and within a year, I got a letter from her. She, had, she said, uh, Libby, I finally understood what you were talking about. She said, I got saved last Sunday and I got baptized this Sunday. So you can let the Lord do His work in their hearts. You don't have to do It's not all up to you. Just do your part and He'll do the rest of it. Uh, Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife, cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires, it exposes us for what we really are. Nothing in all creation can hide from him the word, Jesus, the written word, uh, still God speaking. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. That's from the NLT. Uh, you might say, I'm afraid they'll think I'm better than they are. Well, there's an easy answer to that. Come and sit with me and let me tell you what I am and what God saved me from. I was flying into, I don't remember where I'd been, but I was flying into National Airport before it became Reagan and sitting next to a Jewish woman. And so I was talking to her about the Lord. And she said, well, what has a nice woman like you done that's so terrible that, that you need to be saved? And so, I, well, Jesus says that hating somebody's as bad as... Uh, murder, and I thought, I've hated people sometimes. And she said, oh, if that's true, then I'm a sinner, because she was from Cuba, and Castro had confiscated all of their estates. And she said, uh, I'm a murderer too, because I hate Castro. So then I told her about Jesus, and as we landed at National, she said, I do believe Jesus is the Messiah, but didn't have any chance to go any further than that because the plane landed. And I said, well, I'm gonna go over to the cafe because they've got a, I'd never tasted strawberry yogurt ice cream. <laughs> so I said to her, I'm gonna go over to the cafe. I got a couple hours between her flights, so I'm going over there. So she left and I went to the cafe, eating my strawberry cone. Uh, she came in the cafe, she was looking for me. She said, my, uh, Travel agent made a mistake, and this flight, my flight doesn't fly on Saturday, so I have four hours, three hours before I have to plane to catch. So she sat down, and for the next two hours before I had to leave, uh, I got to talk to her about the Lord. Uh, don't be afraid to say I'm a sinner just like you. And here's the wonderful thing that Jesus did for me. I don't know why it's. Maybe it's because I carry my Bible on my plane and so people would ask me stuff. I don't know how that happened. But anyhow, I was flying, I'd been in Connecticut, and a woman next to me was frightened because of the, we were still climbing and the cumulus clouds were, it was real bumpy. And she was real nervous. And so I said, well, see up there, as soon as we get over those clouds there, it'll be fine. And it was. So she told me that she was going home. Her mother was dying and she was going home. To, so I... I said, well, do you know the Lord? And 
started to give her the gospel, and she said, oh, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I don't need that. So I said, well, if you would have let me, this is what I would have told you. <laughs> Luke 21, uh, 12 talks about there'll be a time of great persecution. You'll be dragged into the synagogues and prisons, and you will be accused before the kings and governors of being my followers. This will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry about what, how to answer the charge against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to answer. Hey, got it made. The Lord will tell you what to say. Truth is, if you're going to teach a Sunday school class or lead any kind of Bible study or anything else, you better have the Lord's words to help you or you won't do it right. Uh, didn't have enough time to give them the whole gospel. No, you don't need to give them the whole gospel. Just give them what, make them hungry for the gospel, if nothing else. I, I, I imagine that three-fourths of the time I try to talk to somebody about the Lord, I, I never get an idea about what happens, you know, whether or not they. One time, I remember, I tried to talk to a woman about the Lord and realized that she was under deep conviction. We sat out in the front, front lawn of her house, and I finally didn't say anything about 30 minutes, just sat there while she wrestled. And I, I thought I could, I could force her to say something to end this conversation, but that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be wise or right. So I went away, and a couple months later, her friend said that I had led her to the Lord. I didn't know I'd led her to the Lord, because my last impression was that she was saying, no, I don't want it. You don't have to know the results. All you have to know is that today I did what I could to tell people about the Lord Jesus. <laughs> this is very hard for me, this next one. I'm afraid they'll lose all respect for me. Recently I was flying someplace and I reached out to put a, a book of blank paper in my purse so that uh, I could ride on the, on the way. And I saw that on the back of it, it had Jesus in real big print. And my first thought was, oh dear, if people see that, then they'll know I'm a, a <laughs> crank. Why wouldn't I want people to know I was a crank about Jesus? They didn't respect Jesus. Why would they respect you if you love Jesus? Why is it important to you that it matters to you more about what somebody thinks about you than what your relationship with Jesus? Jesus took awful awful insults and physical beatings. Isaiah 52 says that he, he was marred more than the sons of men. He didn't even look like a human being because they had beaten him so badly. Why wouldn't I want to share that affliction with him? Why wouldn't I be glad to uh, share his sufferings? One time I got a call from AT&T, they were going to 5G or something like that, and I had to have a new telephone. They would give me one up to $500, but I had to have the October 8th, okay. Go down to the AT&T store on Woodruff and they'll give it to you. Went down to the store, oh, we're out of them. Come tomorrow and I'll get you one. Went tomorrow, uh, sorry, they're all gone. He said, come Sunday, I'll put one by for you. We'll have one for you Sunday. Manager said, I'll put you. One of them said, well, go over easily, maybe they have one. Well, 
October 8 was looming, <laughs> and I didn't have a telephone. And I was, I was, I was kind of really irritated by that time because I'd gone so many times and they'd promised me and hadn't done it. Didn't say anything to them because I'm a good Christian and they might know what the Hanford name meant. Uh, but as I was walking out the door, the manager followed me and said, call 611, they'll, they'll ship a uh, thing to you directly. Okay, so I went home and called 611. Nice young man's voice. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll get it to you. We have it in stock and we'll send it to you. And then I said, and then you need to change the account into my name because my husband went to heaven recently and it needs to be in my name again. And he said, my wife and I lost a baby boy last year. And uh, I said, oh, let me tell you how you can know you can see him. So gave him the gospel just real simple and real sweet. And it just was astonishing to me that everything he would ask was just right down the line. Finally, I said, are you going to get in trouble talking to me with your supervisor? And he said, no, for some reason she had, I'm waiting for her to okay the order and she oh. hadn't done it yet. So all that feeling I had done, meanwhile, the Lord, this, this, this young man said, well, he said, we thought maybe it's because I hadn't been doing some things that were right, so maybe God was dealing with me. If I had lost my temper on any of those visits, that man would have followed me to say, call 911, So uh, take, the, take the hard things as an evidence that God's uh, using you. We had a, our, our dog, Ranger, she was a beagle, had puppies. And one day, oh, within two weeks after they were born, I guess, three, three weeks maybe, she got out of the pen and, and the neighbor across the street shot her and killed her, which was a real tragedy for us. Not only did we love the dog, but we had all these puppies that we were going to have to feed by hand for a while. I'd have gone over and given Jerry a piece of my mind, I think. It seemed so uncalled for. Walt went over and said, Jerry, I'm so sorry our dog was annoying you. Please forgive us. All he said, came home. Next week, Walt was digging fence post holes for a fence to keep the dog in. And Jerry came over and said, Preacher, I'm not coming to hear you preach sometime. Walt said, good. He said, but you'll have to lay off of my beer and my cigarettes. And Walt put down the... Jerry, have I ever mentioned your beer or cigarettes to you? He said, no. Why? And so sure enough, Jerry came to church and trusted the Lord. Tragedy can sometimes bring people in your life can help you to talk to other people about the Lord. So when your heart's broken about something, say, Lord, how are you going to use this to help me with somebody else? One time, I, uh, hairdressers are very important to me. It's one of my uh, failings in life. I can't get my hair to do what I tell it to do. So one Saturday, I had asked another woman in my, in my Sunday school class if she'd do my hair that week because my hairdresser was out of town. She said, sure. So the next day, she said, Libby, did you have a funny feeling when you were in my shop yesterday? And, no, should I have? And she said, well, when you walked in, the woman who was having her hair washed in the station next to me said, oh my goodness, is that Libby Hanford? 
hide me quick. She's tried to save me twice, and I don't want, I don't want her to try to save me again. And I'm telling you the truth, that woman, the whole time I was in that shop, next door, she lay all the way back with a newspaper over her face so I wouldn't see her try to save her twice, third time. And I felt like, a, like I'd fallen out of a tree on my head and that nobody, it, I was just so embarrassed about it. And then the Lord said, but let me remember what happened after that. <laughs> and I did. As I was walking out the door, a woman came to me and she said, you won't, you won't know me. But years ago, this is when we lived on Augusta Road, and it was US 25, it was the highway through the city then. So we always had accidents at our corner, and we always had to pick them up and help them. So she'd had an accident with her little girl, picking her up from school. So I brought him in the house, and the little girl went to sleep in my bed, and Walt went and got her husband, and he came and waited with his wife while the little girl slept. So I had sat at the table with him for a couple hours while that little girl slept, and that woman said, I've never forgotten what you told us that day. So while one woman was sitting over there hoping I won't try to save her again, another woman was saying thank you for what you did. Yeah, there is, a, there is a, an embarrassment. There is a shame about it, especially in the, in the way our country is going now when if you don't believe homosexuality is right, you're a hater. If you're against, uh, if, if you're against abortion, you're depriving people of their rights. So this, for, this world is not a friend to grace, that's all there is to it. And they are gonna think you're crazy. They are gonna think that you're bigoted. And uh, that's not necessarily a bad place to be. Paul said that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. Uh, would I like to be like Jesus? Would I like to, would I like to share in the price he paid for my sins? Would I like to appreciate it and thank him for it? Yes, I would. Okay. Then y'all people are gonna make fun of you. So that's my story. Talk about Jesus. Ask the Lord to make you sensitive to other people's needs so that you can hear something in their voice that tells you they need to know something. Ask God to open doors for you. Look for ways to talk to people about the Lord. It's your responsibility as much as it is Charlie's. It's your responsibility as much as it is mine as a former pastor's wife. Ask the Lord to help you always to be looking for ways to honor Him. You don't have to give Him the whole nine yards. Just say what you can. Ask Him. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.